What's up, girls? This is episode three of Girls for God. to another podcast of girls for god i'm not in my normal setup because today is something special Um, i'm excited to introduce i have a special guest on the podcast this woman is (laughs) she's been like everything to me she is my like firm foundation i mean it goes god and then her um she's the one that taught me everything growing up one of the strongest women i know um, and so let's just get into it. Let's welcome my mother, Becky. Hello. I promise not to make me cry, so don't be saying things like that. <laughs> well, you're fine. She okay, my mom and my grandma and my sister cry all the time. I think it just runs in our family because I cry too all the time. Yeah, your last podcast I cried the entire time. <laughs> From minute one to minute fifty five. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people say that they cry. Like grandma, she was like, I knew half of that, but uh, I cried. <laughs> so, but mom, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Um, uh, I'm excited to start this with you. You are my first guest ever to be on this. So, you're going to <laughs> Well, before we get into it, I just want to pray um, real quick and then we'll start. So, Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to speak, Father God. Um, God, I pray that you're in the center of this conversation, that you're moving in this conversation, that anything that you want to say, um, that you want to bring up, Father, that you pull, you put on our hearts, Father, and you pull us to say that. So, Jesus, we thank you, we honor you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, mom. So I'm going to start. This is the first question I'm going to ask anyone that joins the podcast. Um, but the first question is, what's one lesson that you had to learn in your lifetime to get to where you're at right now? <laughs> that wasn't on the question sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was. <laughs> one lesson to get me to where, where I am right now. Yeah. Oh, to get me where I was your age to get me where like, like. What's something that you had to learn that was hard? That was something that you didn't want to learn, um, but you're at the spot where you're at right now. Well, since I'm a natural rebellion and I rebelled against every single thing, um, I would probably say the hardest one, and yet at the same time, the easiest one would be when I became a mom and God had asked me to give everything to him and let him parent you because I knew I was going to fail <laughs> but by allowing him to do that I learned like I, I always tell people I grew up with you and your sister because my childhood and things that I did when I was in the past I always kind of think very negatively so I always like say that I started my life when you guys were born hmm. and so um just learning how to trust him and doing everything with him yeah 
And that was something that you always said to us. Like, you were like, I'm not raising you. Like, this is all God. Like, oh, uh, why am I going to curve? And you question one. What the heck? <laughs> but, <laughs> but you always taught us that. Like, like, God is raising you guys, and I'm just, like, co-partnering with God. And, like, that was one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn, too, was, like, this life, like, this is God's life. Like, I am sitting, like, whatever God wants, this is what he's going to do. And I'm just partnering with him in that. And so that was like a huge lesson that you taught us as well. And like that you represented really well, but it was probably super hard for you to do that. Um, walking, like allowing God, cause I'm sorry, I said it in the last podcast, but you weren't a follower until like, after your sister was born yeah and so what was that i went to church when i was a kid but it wasn't like any kind of relationship with him it was more of oh it's christmas it's time to go to church oh it's easter it's time to go to church or they had a youth group and they had really hot guys so i went there (laughs) i mean it had nothing to do with the relationship but when your sister was born and the situation happened with your dad um going to church the intent of going to church was to see if he was going to be there. That's why I went. And after a year of continuously going there, it was like God just snatched me up. And from that moment on, it was, all right, I don't know what I'm doing. I need you to show me. Yeah. No, that's really good. Um, And like through that, through you walking with Christ and raising us in the church, what was that like? Like you had two beautiful light-skinned babies. <laughs> But raised, I mean, we grew up, the church was amazing growing up. Like, we loved it so much. Um, And we were always there. Like, if we weren't at home, like, we were at church. Or basically, if we weren't at church, we were at home (laughs) because church was our first home. But, like, what, how did growing up in the church with us help you in your walk with God? (laughs) Told you not to make me cry. Just wanting to be better, wanting to be a better mom. Um, don't cry, mom. <laughs> well, it's very emotional because, yeah, you know, God brought me out of so much, it's hard to pinpoint one thing because it was every day, every day was something new because it was new. Um, going to church with you guys, you know, had, I had gotten involved in the church as a youth leader. So having you guys there at the same time with the teens, it allowed, it allowed me, it literally, he, he recreated my teenage years because of what I did was not what I should have done. And so he was able to recreate my teenage years at the same time, allowing me to be your mom and you guys watching that. I mean, anything that I did, you guys did. My thing was, if you couldn't be there, I didn't want to go. So, you know, the church at that time was literally everything. I mean, they were teaching me every single thing um, on how how to act, how to how to trust God, listening to scriptures that I've never heard before. And I mean, it was just. And it still is. It's a constant every day because now you guys are at a different stage in life. And, you know, I always want to go back because that was the fun years. But these years, watching you guys blossom into who you are, 
um, both you and your sisters, <laughs> every church service, when your sister's up there, you know, worshiping the Lord, I cry. I'm like, how did it, how did I produce children in here or both in ministry and truly love the Lord? And it's not about, it was never about me forcing religion on you. Lexi and I were actually talking about that yesterday. You know, because she has uh, some friends that she knows who is now um, walking away from God um, because they feel like they've been lied to. And I saw a lot of parents um, being in the youth group. I saw a lot of parents that constantly, you know, force their kids to go to church and force them to do this. And, you know, they just literally shoved it down their throat on a daily basis. And. I didn't want, I never, that I can remember, and maybe I did and I don't know it, like forced you guys to read the Bible or forced you to pray or forced you to do, go to church. I mean, if I needed you guys to be in trouble, I had to ground you from church because it was the only thing you ever wanted to be, you know? So you develop this relationship with God in spite of me, but yet with me. And it was one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. And because you guys had that relationship, falling away from God, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, how could I fall away from somebody that I had a strong relationship with? Like, that'd be like one day saying, okay, I'm not, I'm not Keely's mom anymore, so we're not in a relationship because you lied to me. Like, how does that even happen? So growing up with you guys in the church, it was just, it, he was just showing us who my husband was, which was him. And who your dad was. And it was just really cool. Yeah. I've never seen, and all the parents and relationships and things that I've seen, I don't know if I've ever seen that dynamic before. Yeah. Cause when you let God control a situation, like he is going to make it the best he, like he can. And that was something that I loved. You never forced us to go to church. Like I'm, I remember me and Lexi like asking all the time can we go to church can we go to the like just the building like just to be there and it was so peaceful but it was also like the environment that you had in your home and I'm I was trying to look it up but I don't know where at in scripture but it's like any like when you are around that atmosphere when you're in that you want to be like that and that was something that you did very well like you didn't force us to pray you didn't force it but you kept showing it. You kept doing it. It's the same way, like, you know, if you're cleaning the dishes over and over and over again, and I see that, and I'm like, okay, next time I'm going to help my mom because she did it that time. And it's like, you prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And I'm like, wow, like, I want to do that. I want to be like my mom in that. So let me go and pray. And lately, like, I've been, like, God has asked me, he's like, who am I to you? And I'm like, well, this is this has been a while ago and developing right now. But like, it's like, who am I to you? And when I explain like who God is, he's like, that is like 100% correct. But who am I to you? Because you're explaining what your mom would explain, like who God is. And so throughout the journey, I'm like, okay, my mom defined who God was through her. Like you had to figure out who God was to you. And so now like I'm in the boat where it's like, okay, now I want to find out who God is to me. And God's like, not saying like, like you did anything wrong. Like, absolutely not. But like, God's like, your mom's definition is perfect of me. Like, this is who I am. But it's now your time to find out like who God is to me. Who is, 
he as a father? Who is he as a friend? Who is he as like my leader and stuff? And so that is one thing, like if parents are watching or you're watching with, uh, or you're a child watching, um, that's something like, I just pray for every relationship is like, just represent who God is. And that's in friendships too. Like I never force my friends to come to church like chubs like i never force her like to just come i just represented who god was and that's all i had to do was sit there and be like but all of this is because of god and there's literally nothing else and then she started asking questions then she started like oh i want to come with you like what's the united what's this and that's how through that journey people are going to be attracted to that because they see that they see you representing and so that was, I mean, that was something that you did very well. Um, and there was, I mean, there was hard times. There was fun times in that um, season of life. And truly, like, I see us growing, like, us growing up, like, your joy came from seeing us, like, thrive in all of this. And because you didn't have that as a kid. Like, you didn't get to see that, like, growing up and doing that and I think God reminded you and correct me if I'm wrong but God reminded like you like this is what you were like when you were a kid but this is what it would be like if you were with God and like walking and he reminded you and showed you through that so that was that's really cool like that he gave you two daughters like someone that probably shouldn't have had kids <laughs> like you know <laughs> what the because you were healer. <laughs> but for real, like, I was never like, 10. <laughs> but I had 100 in the youth groups. <laughs> right. That That's something that I want to hit on because even through that, like, you, I mean, you used to take in anyone and everyone. Like, you didn't even want to take them in and they were in your house. Like, why, why, why were you hungry for that? Why did, the, why do you think God used you in that area? Because I was willing. That's why. I mean, it was nothing I ever expected in a million years. Um, like, I don't even know. Like, I have a hard time remembering, like, a lot when I was a kid and teenager outside of the bad experiences. So I think growing up and when I became in my 20s, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So when I became a mom, I knew I wanted to be a mom, but I wasn't any good at it. So there was a lot of, you know, I... I feel like I failed a ton, um, especially when you guys were babies up and through um, probably, you know, middle elementary age. And then I really felt God and me in this stride. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I knew that I didn't want kids or teenagers or single moms or anybody to feel like they were less than. Because I felt like I was less than. Um my entire life like from the early, as early as um first grade i always felt like i was the odd person out that i was the stupidest that i was the ugliest that i was that and i never wanted anybody to feel like that and so when i had teenagers or stuff around me where they weren't feeling like they were enough or that they had parents or they whatever whatever it would be i just wanted them to come over here and let me love on you for a little bit. I don't want to be your mom. <laughs> I don't want to be your mom. I don't want, I don't want to take that position away. But I want you to know how valuable you are. And so I think when I allowed my heart to be open to that and realized that that was something that was in me that was a gift, then it didn't matter. 
as long as there was worship playing in the house and God was somewhere in the middle somewhere, even in the chaotic, you know, in and out, in and out, in and out of people, um, I knew he was going to make it all right. And it's funny because I think back on that and I had the greatest time and every single teenager that came through my door, I loved on them equally. Um, But if you look at where, where they are now, like I don't have any relationship with them. And it was because it was for a season. It wasn't for all the time. And so God had to deal with me with that. Like, why are all these people coming in and out of my life? Am I not good enough? Am I not this? And he always tells me, it's for a season. I got more ahead. And so when I started recognizing that, I started opening up the door more. And then we ended up having like 100 kids at the house all the time. (laughs) Yeah. When you say like for a season, like kind of if someone's listening to this and they don't know, like they don't know what that means. Like what does for a season truly mean and how do you open up your heart to that because I feel like like for me like when people would come in and then leave I'm like okay like that hurt like (laughs) you know but when you made it about yourself like obviously it is gonna hurt but what like what does that season what does that mean through God's eye just for a period of time he's got he's got something for you to do right now that doesn't mean forever it means for right now so when people come in and out, you've got when people are in your life at whatever period of time, whether it's for a month, a year, 10 years, 20 years, it doesn't matter. God has them there with you for a reason. And if he removes them, he's removing them either for your benefit or their benefit. And so when I realized that them leaving and not talking to me or us again, it stopped hurting. It didn't doesn't bother me. Because that means I'm getting ready to move into something else. Somebody else is getting ready to come that I can talk to or love on or, you know, buy lunch for. Whatever he asks for me to do, I'm now in a position that I'm open to do it. If I was, if I didn't um, accept that season that they were going to leave, then I've got too much on my plate. And I'm not there to hold it all up. Like, think about all the people that have lived with us. If they were still with us today, how in the world would I be able to manage everything that I'm managing? They needed me for that season. And then it was time for them to move on to bigger or better. And, you know, people coming in and out of your life. I know it sucks. I know it hurts. I mean, it really bothered me a lot um, with you guys. Like, I'm like, he's bringing, you know, people that are destroying my girls. But I knew that. It was going to make you guys stronger somehow. I didn't know how or where am I doing it. I just knew that it was always what God asked me to do. Yeah. And there were times I brought, you know, kids who probably shouldn't have been there. But because my heart was so big at the time and I was so, you know, unwise or whatever you want to call it, I didn't know. And so, you know, there, well, there were some hurts that probably shouldn't have been. But even in that, God makes that good. I mean... Anything you do, as long as you've got somewhere there where you're going to go back, he's not going to screw it up. He's going to fix it somehow. And that's a, that's a good thing to know. It's like you literally, and that's where our free will comes in. Like you could literally do anything and God will turn it around like super quick. And it's just if you allow God to do that and step into if, that. If you don't, it, it's more, you're more in trouble if you don't. 
Yeah. You're more like, you're not going to move forward. He's not going to let you move forward if you're not willing to do what he's asked you back here. So if you're tired of being back here, figure out what the heck he's trying to tell you to do. <laughs> do it so you can move forward because you're not going to go forward if you don't. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's really good. And I kind of want to change the topic just a tad bit. Um, but watching us grow up and watching us uh, do things and stuff like that, what do you see? Like, what did you have to break off in order for us not to have? And like an example. Like generational curses. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, everything. Um or what's like what's something that you saw like that we started doing that you were like oh I don't want them to like fall down that road either. You guys are so much not like me when I was a kid. I honestly couldn't. I don't know what what that would be um, because my mindset was so different. Like I was so bent on making sure that you guys didn't. And you may have felt this at times, you know, at school or whatever, but felt like you guys were not good enough. And my parents never, not one time, ever made me not feel like I was not good enough or any, anything like that. I mean, you want to talk about picture-perfect world. I mean, I had it, but I had this rebellious spirit that was inside of me that I think came from my dad's side. <laughs> <laughs> My, I mean, I had this rebellious spirit, and when people started making me feel like I was less than, you were talking about how your testimony was, um, you know, you felt like you weren't good enough or smart enough, and people started making fun of you or whatnot, and so you flipped the script on them, and you became the bully, the bigger person. That Well, I was a lot like that, except I was a lot meaner. You still had kindness in your heart. I didn't. I I wanted people to hurt just as bad as I did. And, and it wasn't fair. I mean, it is what it is. So I worked very hard on my rebellious spirit, I guess, if there's anything um, to stop and just, what what am I doing? Like, like I really pur- purposely thought about what I was doing, where it was, how I was acting, especially when you guys were around. Because I know, like, I could go, and you know this, <laughs> I could go from super happy, very, and in a half a second, probably be in jail. I mean, Mom, did you take your happy pills? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's right. I mean, we had the code word that if I was up over the top insane, if the girls looked at me and said, Mom, did you take your happy pills? I knew instantly that that meant I am way off base. And I needed you guys to tell me that because I, you, when you're in that state, you can't recognize it. Mm-hmm. And so I think if anything I had to break off of myself was that. How did you, because to me, like when people tell me something, like if a kid would have said, did you take your happy pills? I, that would have made me even more mad. Like I've been like, what are you like? How did you take that code word and like not get super defensive when we would say that or if someone would call that out in you? Um, I remember a time where I was really, really upset. And um, I was praying, and I, I think I was in the car. And I was just really angry, and I don't even know what I was angry at. And God said, um, did you take your medicine? And I was like, 
my medicine. Like I thought I'm not supposed to take medicine, you know? And then like, I made me even more mad. And then I realized, oh wait, no, I haven't been taking my medicine. And you know, people, some people say medicine is bad or whatnot, but if I don't take it, my mind is all over the place and my emotions are worse than they are now. Um, and when he said that to me, I'm like, my medicine makes me happy. So I'm like, these are my happy pills. So if I don't take my happy pills, then I'm going to be mean and grumpy and everything else. And I knew saying um, happy pills with something at your age, you could say and remember and, you know, because if I said, hey, I want you to take my whatever the prescription name was, or mom, have you taken your, you would have been like, what the heck does that mean? But you understood what happy pills was. Yeah. And you knew what it would do to me. It would make me happy. So it didn't make me mad. It actually makes me laugh. And it made me laugh then too. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and those are that was something like happy pills. That was just like fun to say. Like sometimes we would say it, and you weren't even mad. Like you were fine. You were just being a parent, and we're like, "Did you take her happy pills?" And we're like, "No, because you, <laughs> like, we were the ones." Uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, growing up, me and Lexi were super close. Like no one has ever seen two kids that were we like never argued. Like I said in my testimony, like. We, there was one time she pulled my hair because I spilled milk in her room. Like, that was it. Like, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. Okay, first of all, I just want to say, like, because she called me after and was like, yeah, and I'll do it again. First of all, I'm stronger than her. <laughs> and oh, I was like, you like, she's mad. She won't get you. So I'm just crying. <laughs> up any day. Just say it. <laughs> you might be able to beat me up, but you better come really hard because I want to hurt you. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, I am. Me and my mom, every time we would argue or anything, she used to, like, chase us around the house. <laughs> you cheat now. Oh, now I just lay on the ground. I'm not trying to. <laughs> but, but I mean, growing up, like, we were super close. Like, like what, what did that mean to you? Like, how did that make your life easier? What, like, what's something that you would encourage other kids with their siblings or friends or anything like that? Like through I us. thought it was really cool. Um, Cause I had never seen anything like that. Um, you know, me and my brother and sister, when we were growing up, we were, I mean, we hung out as little kids, you know, we rode dirt bikes, but I was mean. <laughs> I was mean. I was mean all the time. Like all the time I was mean. So to see you two like, want to hang out even now that you're in your 20s it's like what the how did that happen i just find it amazing and the only way that it could have happened was god and you know you two relying on each other because i mean i was going through what i was going through i mean i was going through a lot while you guys were young a lot and you had each other and that was all god 100 percent god it's real and to keep like and to keep our relationship going. Like, I, me and Lexi call each other and we'll just sit on the phone for hours. Like, yeah, you didn't call her back the other day for like an hour and a half. And she's like, she's like, Kaylee's not talking to me. And I'm like, what are you said? Lexi's not talking to me. I'm like, what the heck? I mean, I let it go a half hour and then I called Lexi. I'm like, what? And you guys are on the phone. I'm like, okay, all right. We're no, I, literally, like, she's literally my best friend. Like, if we're not talking... Like, I, yeah, I called you the other day, and, like, Lexi hasn't called me for a day. Like, what's going on, Mom? You're like, hey, nah. So, but it's just funny, like, how close we are and how close us three are together. Like, we, we're inseparable. <laughs> like, literally anything anyone could do, like, we're not leaving each other. Um, we're going to switch topics because 
this next topic is one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn. Like if someone asked me like, what's the biggest lesson you had to learn? This would be it. Um, and it's truly like what forgiveness is. Like I had to learn forgiveness and all of that stems from like not growing up with a dad and not having him in the house. But you were always very vocal about have a relationship with your father, have a relationship with your father. And you made time when he didn't even want to have time um, to hang out with us. And like, why, why did you do that? Like, why did you want us to be with our dad? <laughs> because he was your dad. And I was not going to be the reason why you guys didn't have a relationship. He had to, um, he, he was going to show who he was, whether it was he was going to step out or whether he wasn't. And I was not going to be a hindrance to that. Um, that was something that literally God told me right from the rip. I mean, I think he told me that even before I was saved. Because I remember being in the hospital room and me and your dad were still together kind of at the time where Lexi was born and um he just it, it was like I just knew that I always had to never talk bad about him that I knew that he needed to be who he needed to be whether he was gonna like I said step up or not step up I wasn't gonna hinder that yeah and I don't think any parent should whether it's a dad or a mom or anything else let them prove who they are because eventually when you're young, when you were little, there were a lot of questions like, why isn't he here? You know, da, 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 whatever it would be. But as you got older, I mean, now that you, you see that, you know, and I still to this day will not talk bad about him because he has his own demons to fight. He has his own things that he has to go through. Does that mean that I want him around? Does that mean I want him around you now that you guys are grown? No, now I don't. Because you guys are now witnessing it and, and seeing it firsthand. I mean, I was very protective. And if he said he was going to do something and he didn't show up, I didn't let you know he said he was going to do something. You know, I let him I let him be the good guy even when he wasn't the good guy. And now, you know, now that you're older, you see that, wait, mom didn't stop that. He stopped that. He might not be as good as a long said he was. <laughs> Yeah, You know, uh, and I think that's the way all parents should be until your kids are old enough to recognize it for themselves. Yeah. And I mean, you even like God did never failed us, but you like even did that in our walk with God. Like you allowed God to prove himself like you didn't have to prove who God was. You allowed God to do that. Um, and that's I think that is how um, we didn't like we weren't affected as much. Like, we weren't, like, like, we might have daddy issues, but we don't have daddy issues because you should, like. There there was a recording, and I want to put this on here, um, that you guys listened to, and it was very purposeful. Um, and it was somebody at the church when you guys were real long, young showed it to me, and it might have been the pastor's wife, or I don't remember who it was. It doesn't matter, but I think it was the saving grace. And they're on um, YouTube. You can get it because I still pass it out to this day to moms and to people, even adults who are struggling. And it's called the Father's Love Letter. And I played that so much. Like you got, like Lexi still has it memorized to this day. As a matter of fact, not even a month ago, Lexi was in a really bad place. And I'm like, you know what? I want you to put this on. I want you to sleep with it. And it like almost brought her right out of it. 
and it's all scripture of this man's like a man's deep voice uh like a god figure and he's talking over how valuable you are and how i'm your father and how much i love you and all that kind of stuff so even subconsciously you guys were always told that you had a father you were never not one single freaking second of a day without a father just because the earthly father couldn't have been there um like he probably wanted to be but just mentally and just couldn't um but you had a father so i i think that's the main reason that again has nothing to do with me has to do with god showing me something that's the main reason you guys didn't feel like you didn't have a dad because you were wait i do have a dad i mean it was ingrained in you guys constantly for years and like even growing up like I don't think, and I said it, I think in my testimony, but I didn't even know that you were supposed to have two parents in the house. Like to me, and still <laughs> to day, like I find it so creepy when like there's a dad and a daughter and they're like <laughs> hugging or like, it's just like, not that it's weird, but it's like, what? Like, <laughs> and, but it's like, we never, we didn't even know that. Like you made it so evident that God was our first father. Like he was number one. And then our dad was there. And I mean, growing up, like playing sports, like that was hard. Like, I mean, you, grandma, grandma, supported all the time. Like you guys never missed a game, but it was hard seeing like that relationship with other people. Um, And that was something I definitely like had to walk through and journey through. And um, like you still like. But even in that, I made sure you guys had strong male role models. Yeah. Like, even your coaches, you went from, you know, you didn't go team to team to team to team, but even the teams you tried out, like, you were trying out for the team, but I was watching the coach. Hmm. If the coach was not um, good with his daughter or good with the girls, yeah, I didn't care if you wanted to be on that team. You were not going to be on that team. Because I wanted to make sure you had strong role models. And your coaches... Like, especially, um, we'll say your second travel team. I don't know if we want to mention any kind of names, but you know what I'm talking about. I mean, he was fantastic. Like, couldn't have asked for any better coach um, ever. I mean, he, and he's got, what, five daughters? <laughs> I, he was the best. And when you left that team to go to another one, um, even though, you know, he was her, and, and, you know, that's the sports. You know what I'm saying? I still, I'm so incredibly grateful for him and for Grandpa and Uncle Chris and all of the male role models that you had because I wasn't going to let make, there was not going to be a man coming in and out of our house that wasn't going to be positive. And that's why I didn't date. Yeah, that was one thing that, like, not, like, not till now I realized how important that was. Like, you, for 18 years of your life, 19, I think it was 19, I don't know didn't bring a guy in the house like you were very protective in that sense of this is not norm 20 20 (laughs) (laughs) but 20 years like you went without like (laughs) being with someone or having someone and you did that because of us like and I think I see a lot now parents like they're dating and like all this stuff and all these stepmoms and stepdads and people like, oh, I don't like my step. Like you just didn't, you didn't have time for it. Like you, like you could have had time for it, but you didn't want to represent that. Um, and you did have like grandpa, for example, like he was like 
our father like and he was really good at it and you allowed him to do that you allowed him to step into that role and i know that there was prayers behind that like praying for grandpa constantly to show us like how important a guy is and even with uncle chris like uncle chris would take us out on movie dates like for our birthday and like you didn't ask him for it, but you prayed for it like you prayed for guys to be in our lives and to show that um which is amazing in it and like all like I love my dad like I said like I forgive him like yeah he might have hurt you and you always said that to us he hurt you but he didn't hurt us like let, allow him to have a chance and like I love him and I forgave him but that was hard like forgiving is so hard um and what like what steps do you take for that like to forgive someone forgiving isn't hard letting go is what's hard mm. If you're a Christian and you love the Lord, forgiving's not hard because Jesus forgave us. And, you know, I mean, the ultimate sacrifice, that's like, like when you compare what you, we have to do compared to what he had to do, forgiving's not hard. And everybody, you know, talks about, you know, being angry towards somebody is like, you know, drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, you know, that, that famous saying. But forgiving isn't hard, but letting go is the hard part. Um, you know, especially because when, when somebody abandons you or isn't in your life anymore that was really important to you, you feel like you weren't good enough. And when you see them out living life, it's like the enemy just wants to keep telling you, see, you just weren't good enough to be around. And so letting that go, like, that's not true. That's a lie. That's a lie. I have to keep telling myself, that's a lie. God, you take it, you know, um, but forgiving the person for hurting you for me anyway is is not that hard like it was not hard for me to forgive your dad and other things that had happened in my life because god said he would take care of it so my trust that god's going to take care of it and someday make it better was what i always hold on to like it's letting go letting yeah. go as well how do i do it every five seconds god i'm mad again <laughs> i'm mad again yeah <laughs> take it I'm about to blow up. <laughs> they just posted this. They're supposed to be dead to me. I nothing yet. And they just posted that they're smiley. I thought you were going to take care of it. <laughs> so it's yeah. all kinds of things that you just have to constantly say, unless their craziness is about lying, I'm good. I forgive you. You're good. <laughs> and, like, that's so real. Like, be, like it's, it's a constant thing. Like, people think going into Christianity is going to be easier like it's like, harder it's way harder than you think way harder especially i mean like it says in the bible like people hated god so you think they're gonna love us like like that makes no sense you know and so like being in that and now living in your blessing of like having michael d like the best guy in the whole world like why like sitting now and sitting in your miracle like like all of it's like you know like you can explain it but like stepping into that and being in your miracle like god has shown you why you have been so faithful and why you're at the point where you're at right now he definitely has rewarded me um for you know everything that that i did and um with a marriage and a man that loves me more than i didn't know was possible but the enemy still comes up with new things as soon as you get your miracle, you know, you're loving it, living it. And then now now the enemy just has to come up with new tricks. So being a Christian, whether you're being 
in your miracle or outside of your miracle, it's the same. You have to just take this posture of, God, I trust you. I know you're going to do something new. I know you're going to do something next. You know, all that stuff that I did, it was because I didn't know what else to do. I knew that if I did it the way that I thought I should do it, y'all would have been screwed up. We would have been in the project somewhere just really screwed up. Yeah. But I didn't want that. So I just had to continuously be faithful. I don't take any credit for raising you guys. I don't take any credit for anything that I did um, or sacrificed or had to go through. Because if it was not for God, I would not be here. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sitting in a miracle like I thought was gonna happen with your dad, and I went through a whole lot there. But God had something better. Have you ever seen that picture of the little girl holding that teddy bear, and then behind Jesus' back, he's got this giant teddy bear. Yeah. I saw that when you guys were little, and I see it all the time in my head. Like, if I don't stop trying to force this or make this happen, I'm never gonna get that big teddy bear. So I always kind of, that's, I'm a visualist and I just kind of always see that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm in the miracle, but you know, Michael thinks it's pretty great. It kind of drives me crazy sometimes. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love it. God's going to give me anybody better. Yeah. And in a better timing because I mean, growing up, like you didn't, again, you didn't, you had me and Lexi, like it was us three and that's been the hardest part. Yeah, and honestly, that's why always... we weren't being here and you guys not. Like, yeah. that's the new demon that God's, or that the enemy's killing me with. Yeah. Like, you just abandon your girl so you can be here with him. Like, it's just new, the new ways that the enemy just wants to try to get us. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you just have to continue, just keep doing what you know how to do. Keep yeah. doing what you know how to do. Give it to God. Yeah. And, like, growing up, you always allowed us, like, whatever we wanted to do and if it was for God and it wasn't going to hurt us in the end, like you allowed us to just do it. Like, I remember you would be like, Oh, our curfew, your curfew is 2 AM. And we're like, two, like the door locks it too. And we're like sitting here, like that's super late. Like we want to get home early because we know that my mom can't sleep without us in the house. And like putting those, like, you were very, I mean, you weren't a strict parent. Like, you allow God to just do it. Um, and a lot of people, like, I'd be listening to them. And they're like, yeah, my mom said this. Or, like, I have to be doing this at a certain time. And I'm like, dang, I'm I'm grateful. Like, I didn't have to do that. I'm like, heck no. Why? <laughs> you did it better. But yeah. my, my, you probably had to compare. You had to do it better. And and this is this is probably the truest thing that I could ever say. And he gave it to me when you and Jamil were sitting on the couch. Oh, I probably should have said his name. <laughs> Edit that part out. When you <laughs> when you were sitting on the couch and I was leaving and I'm like, if I leave these two alone, they're about to do some stuff. <laughs> and I just turned and I looked at you both and I said, hey, I'm leaving. You guys, you know, do what you do. But if you're okay doing it in front of Jesus, why would I be upset? And that has been probably the most powerful thing because I say it to myself all the time. When I want to do something that I know is not, I'm like, well, the girls aren't going to know. Mike's not going to know. My parents, whatever, are going to know. Yeah, well, they may not know, but Jesus sees it all. 
Yep. So if you're okay doing it in front of God, then why would I be upset? Yeah. I mean, who am I that I would be upset? So anything that you guys did. I mean, if you went to a party and you're smoking weed or you're vaping or you're doing one up and you're God's there. I'm not there, but God's there. So if you're okay with your conscience and the Holy Spirit being in that atmosphere, then who am I to say uh, you can't do that? Yeah, um, because you know, mm-hmm. you know, and that's it goes for adults. That goes for that goes for everybody who loves the Lord and has a relationship with the Lord. Who, yeah. if you're okay doing it in front of God, why do you think you're going to be any better for me? And that's what like that that is so real because I that taught me like the fear of the Lord and like how powerful and not like power like he is powerful but how high up and anointed and all of these things and at first it was a saying like it was like okay if you're doing it in front of God and I'm like all right like growing up I was like he ain't here like you know and I had to realize like he is in every situation even in the bad even in the good like any situation and I remember uh in college like we closed our eyes and they were talking like go back to your worst moments in life and try to find where God was because he's always in the, the situation and that was that helped me fear the Lord in a sense not in a bad way of like oh I'm, I'm so scared of the Lord but it was like no like God is watching every single move that we do and I think in this generation we don't fear the Lord enough. Like, we don't know, like, we don't. We truly don't. And that's something that I'm learning right now because sometimes I'm like, I don't fear the Lord enough. Like, I'm I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling the pressure. I'm not feeling like, um, but I get the sense of, like, when something happens that's it, literally in the book of Revelation, and I'm like, crap, like, <laughs> this is real. Like, this is, this stuff that is happening, the stuff in the Word, stuff, like, it reminds me every day, like, this stuff is real. And I know uh, Little Nas X, I don't know if you probably heard this, but Little Nas X just released something mocking God. And like, I'm sitting here like, and people are saying negative things about him and all this stuff. And I'm like, again, he, the enemy is proving how real God is like mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And like, we as a generation don't think like, oh, it's a, it's, it's a song. Like, it's just a song. But it's like, no, <laughs> like... If it was just a song, it wouldn't have been written in the Bible of like many years ago of what's going to happen. If it's just a song, it's just this, it's just that. And even the scandal with Target, like you were very admin, like like we are not shopping at Target. And it's those little things of like, man, we need to fear what's coming because it's real. Like this stuff is real and it's not something to play around with. Um, And you taught us that really well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... When the enemy exposes stuff like that, you know he's almost scared. Mm-hmm. This time is up. And so you'll, uh, when I see that stuff, you know, I don't like that it's going into the ears or, you know, people that aren't saved are seeing it and they think it's cool. But for us Christians, we know it's coming. We know it's coming. And it's like, oh, you're exposing yourself there. Okay, now I know where to pray. Oh, you're over here. Now you're exposing yourself over here. I know where to pray. And it's the same with us individually. You know, if you're if you're struggling with something, the enemy, all he's doing is exposing what he's trying to do to distract you with. Yeah. Like to me, that's okay. That's where we need to pray. Okay. Yeah. You're dealing with, 
you know, lust or sex or whatever. That's just what the enemy, okay, let's, all right, let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Let's whatever we need to do because the enemy, he's so stupid. Mm -hmm. He exposes himself. Um, yeah, so. And, and that's why it's important to, it's important to tell people what you're going through. Like, truly, I know, hold it, like, it's easy to hold it in. And it's like, okay, I'm going to fix it. Like, I'm going to fix this problem by myself. And that never works. Like, in your own strength, it's not going to work. I think it's Isaiah 40, or, yeah, 40-something. It's like, like, trusting in God with your, like, with the strength of everything and allowing him to be your strength and he's given us people like mentors and family members to tell these things to and I mean I know I struggled with the thing that I'm struggling like struggled with um and it wasn't until I told you and Lexi like everything that now I'm literally walking like clean and free of that there's not any power over you yeah because if you keep it stuck in it has power over you because the enemy's like oh she likes to hold that I'm gonna keep that I'm gonna hold on to that and so the enemy has power over you and he has control over your mind and your emotions and how you respond to things yeah if you tell somebody but the difference between just telling somebody and telling somebody you need to tell somebody who you always tell your problems up you yep. so somebody who you look up to not your friend and not somebody that you may be mentoring you always tell somebody up uh what's going on and then the because then you get wisdom and the enemy will be exposed, and the enemy now won't have any power. Yeah. But don't hold it in. No. No, yeah, that's something, like, I mean, I told you, I told people, like, that were mentoring me, I told Lexi, um, and it's funny, because you said that, like, tell people up, because, like, if I'm telling my friend that's, like, right here, like, there was no, there was, like, oh, Kaylee, like, you know, like, fucking for you, but there was no, like, giving me guidance and, like, challenging me and pushing me in that and like you guys challenged me and you guys pushed me into that and so it, it is important to tell someone that is wise that has wisdom um that can speak life into you uh and the thing is with mentors and I mean you've been a mentor too god knows how many kids but in mentorship it's you going to them like I think I've I say that so loudly and so much because our generation of kids think, okay, I have a mentor. Now that mentor is like, they have to continue to keep reaching out to me. They have to continue to keep pouring in. Like if I'm going through something, they're going to text me, but it's like, they can't read your mind. Like you have to go to them constantly, even if you're annoying them, like it's a constant thing and that you have to give to them. And so, yeah. Do you have anything on that? <laughs> nope. I think that's very good. That's very wise words from my little baby, but Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then one last. All right. Jack wants to say hi. Jack, come here. Say so, yeah. hi. All right. Get down now. All right. All right. I think good this. <laughs> okay. One last thing before we kind of end. But if any, we're going to do two things because I think I've actually found that not just like little kids <laughs> are listening to this podcast. Like even adults are listening to this. And um, I've had a lot of feedback in that. And so if you could challenge moms out there or uh, say anything to moms out there, what would what would you tell them? <laughs> That's going to make me cry. Because um, listen, you are like <laughs> you're very influential. And the thing is, it's like 
even me asking you that question, that's a big question because you probably never thought, you know, you would be able to influence parents and you're probably the biggest person to give advice to parents. And so, yeah, so don't cry, but answer the question. <laughs> Too late. Um, you know, kids are a gift from God. He's entrusting us to raise you and to um, put you on the path of following God. Yeah. So, number one, as parents, you need to recognize that. The kids are not a hinder. You may have been born out of a situation that wasn't great or whatnot, but God knew them before they were formed in your womb. They knew he knew them before they were um, even thought of before you were even born. God knew that they were going to be on, on this earth at this time for this season. So they're a gift. So you first need to recognize that and that how honored as a parent you should be that he's entrusting you with these kids. They're not a hindrance. They're not... They're not a nuisance. They're not going to mess up your life. They're going to enrich your life. So I think a lot of parents, they struggle because they're still, you know, we're growing just like you guys are growing. We've never been this age before. I saw that on the commercial. I've never been this age before. I don't know what you're supposed to do at 50. My mom still makes me feel like I'm 23, but my knees tell me sit down. (laughs) (laughs) So they don't know. But if you just love your kids with all of your heart and make them they don't need to be the center and the number one thing that's in your life because God should be that but don't don't dismiss them listen to what they have to say and be there for them because just like that they're living in Houston and living (laughs) somewhere else and you know they're living their own lives and you don't get to see them every day so you have a short period of time so just be with them and listen to them. They're they're struggling. The generation right now that you guys are the especially young, even younger than you, like I would never have been able to navigate that. Yeah. So they need us as parents to be there and listen to God. Yeah. And and just don't just don't dismiss them. I can't stand that when parents like, I'm too busy. How the heck are you too busy? This is your number one job. <laughs> How are you too busy? You're not too busy. You don't need to hang out with your friends because when they're gone, you'll have all the time in the world to hang out with people you don't really want to hang out with anyway. Right. So hang out with your kids, enjoy them, and love them. Yeah. That's what Pastor Josh always says at church. Like, he hates the word busy. Like, he is such a big, it's the biggest. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. It's not even a word. Like, no. what are you too busy to do? Literally- you were on Facebook. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, how about those 50 TikToks? I mean, right. you got time. You're not busy. Yeah. Me and your pastor Josh are the same one out. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and last thing, what advice would you give to a young girl that is, um, like, advice to her parent, like, from her to, advice from her to her parent, too, of, like, you know, what would have to be said? to the parents or... Yeah, because I think that's I think that's the hardest thing is when I mean I have my students all the time text me like my mom said this or my dad's doing this and it's like 
Like, what advice would you give to us in that season? It's a really hard one because every every kid has a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if somebody if somebody's coming to you, are they is their parent lining up with the word? If the parents aren't lining up with the word, it's really hard to you know encourage them to you know not not listen to their parents because you all god says you honor your parents you honor your parents but that does not mean that you have to receive the spirit that your parents are giving out Mm -hmm. so the scripture you know love is patient love is kind love does not envy run it by the word are they acting this way and if they're not the best thing that you can do is show them that Mm -hmm. the best way to fight the enemy is with love yeah and parents parents go through a lot that that kids will never understand some kids go through abuse some kids go through i mean the way i grew up and the way you grew up is like a small percentage of the kids that are going through what they're going through so you have to be very sensitive. So I can't give you a blanket answer on that other than you need to honor your mom and you need to honor your dad, but you always honor God. So ask him, how can I deal with this? Yeah. What should I do? Yeah. They're doing this. And and if they are getting, you know, nobody should be being abused or anything like you need to tell somebody. Yeah. You need to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. But you always honor your parents. I always tell my students too, like you... And I just told, actually last night, told one of my students this, but everything is spiritual. Like everything Everything. you do is spiritual. And there's a reason the enemy wants to attack that. And like, even with my one student, like she's going through it. And um, I told her, I'm like, secret, like those quiet prayers around the house that you used to do, or like praying over our pillows without us knowing, like those prayers are strong. Like those those prayers will show up and as long as you keep loving and being like who you are like those times and how you run to god is so important and if that is praying over your dad's door at night like if that's praying over your mom's door at night if that's um you're sitting in the living room and you're just secretly praying over like who's next to you like those things god god sees and god is going to move in it and so like like you said earlier, our parents are just kids growing up. Like y'all have never been that age. Y'all have no idea what you're doing. Like, it's not like you've done this multiple times. Like this is the first time that you're doing this and we're all human. We all do things that we don't want to do or things that we regret. And it's like, how are we going to act? How do you act after that situation? How how are you going to let the enemy win it? Or are you going to step up and allow God to control it? And so... It's really good, Mom. Thank you so much for... Well, let's pray quick. But, Mom, do you want to pray? You pray over what? I want you to pray. No, you're the prayer. You're the prayer. You're the powerful one. Fine, I'll pray. (laughs) So, God, we just thank you so much for this conversation, Father. We thank you for allowing us to have this platform to speak, Father, to anyone that's listening over the other end of the phone, Father God, and we just pray for them, Jesus, if they're walking through a situation or um, they're not feeling loved or they're feeling hurt, Father, I just pray right now that you give them peace and strength, Father. God, I pray that 
through this time of them listening to the podcast or spending time in your word um, and just spending time with you, God, that you show them in every situation, where have you been um, and what you're doing in their lives. So God, we just thank you. We honor you. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Made it to the end. (laughs) I did. I'm super proud of you. This is a very exciting thing that you're doing and I know God's going to honor it and I just, even if, like you said last time, even if it's for one person, yeah, it doesn't matter because it's that one person. It's this yeah. season. God needed you to do this maybe for that one person in this season because if not, the enemy might have got them. Yeah. You know, so I'm super proud of you. Oh, you guys make me cry all the freaking time. <laughs> hey, we're just, we're just listening to what God says and we just do it. That you taught us do it if god said it do it (laughs) but yes thank you so much let's all give it up for my mom (laughs) thank you so much for my dear little dance (laughs) um thank you so much for being who you are thank you for being on this podcast um and we love you and can't wait to see you again whenever i see you (laughs) but Yes. But that's the end of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, we're dropping every single Saturday. So stay tuned. We have another special guest next week. We're not saying the name, Mom, but someone that we love and we're missing in this one. So that's a little hint. But Rascal is Rascal. (laughs) But super excited uh, for that. So stay tuned next week. But yes, thank you, Mom. I love you. And I love all of you guys that are watching. So have a good day good rest of your Saturday and we'll see you next week. Bye.